Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Social Impact Pioneers podcast series. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. These interviews with social impact pioneers provide you with insights, different perspectives, advice, and maybe a little inspiration, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are tackling some of the world's biggest social challenges so that you can learn from those who have been there before, helping you in your decision-making and action-taking. What is it really like starting all over again in a new country? According to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, 70.8 million people have been forcibly displaced worldwide. But being a forcibly displaced person is a label. Being one of the 70.8 million people displaced is just a statistic. What does this really mean? How do people really rebuild their lives in new countries? And how can businesses lean in and support people to get back on their feet, to get quality jobs and the dignity that goes with it? and to support all our economies and communities as best they can. Meet Mohammed Yusuf, or Yusuf to his friends, and Emily Johnson. Yusuf is going to share with us his journey, from Syria to London. He's a software developer, originally from Syria, but when things escalated, Yusuf determined to leave the unrest and political challenges. In 2015, he claimed asylum and was granted refugee status in the UK. He's now in London, where he continues to be a software developer. We're going to talk together about how he has experienced rebooting and getting into the work in the UK. Emily is the Director of Europe Corporate Responsibility for Cummins, the engine builder and designer, manufacturer and distributor of power solutions. People working with Cummins started volunteering at workshops with an organisation called Breaking Barriers. They're a charity who support refugees into meaningful employment. We're going to hear more about them in a bit. As employees of Cummins returned from their volunteer workshops, they were passionate to do more and their partnership escalated. From here, they determined to build a sustained, sustainable refugee employability programme. Emily joins us here today to talk about her experience and how she believes other organisations can learn from their experiences. So Yusuf, Emily, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Pleasure. Um, Yusuf, I wanted to turn to you first for our conversation today. Can you share with us all a bit about your journey, really? So your education, qualification, and employment, perhaps, history before you came to the UK? Yeah, I'm sure. And hi, um, Katie, and thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Mohamed um, Yusuf. I'm a full-stack um, developer, originally from Syria. Probably, you know, that things uh, was escalating really bad in my home country, and I had to find a new place. So I had to uh, flee the country back in 2015, due to the unrest and political issues. Um, and then I um, ended up in the UK, so I claimed uh, asylum in 2016. And I um, have been granted uh, refugee status. I work currently in uh, software uh, development here in London. 
if I want to touch a bit on my education, actually I finished my primary and my secondary education in really small, uh, my, my, my small home um, town on the countryside of Aleppo in the north part of Syria. And then I went to study at Aleppo University, uh, studying um, English literature. And on the kind of like a business side of things, at the early uh, stay, um, sorry, at the early age, I helped my father in his uh, business, trading motorbikes and car slash engines, buying and selling, maintaining kind of like you now these motorbikes. At the same time, um, I was uh, traveling um, to the nearby countries in the summer break between my uh, university semesters. And then after that, I figured out with a friend of mine to establish a small uh, startup or tech startup, I would say, in my home country, trying to help small businesses and individuals to, to make their day-to-day activities. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And I will come on to how you found that transition to the UK in just a minute, but I wanted to bring in Emily next. So you've partnering with Breaking Barriers. Can you tell us a bit about how your partnership works with them? Sure. And thanks again for having us, Katie. So our relationship with Breaking Barriers started the way many of our community partnerships do, which is our employees um, volunteered with Breaking Barriers. So they attended an employability workshop that Breaking Barriers put on in partnership with one of our partner law firms. And our employees came back from that experience immediately motivated to do more and asking how they could help. And so our employees reached out to Breaking Barriers and started a relationship asking about what they needed, how a company like Cummins could help them, and how we could support their mission. And that resulted in a really trusted partnership. Um, It's evolved going over a year now, I think going on two years. And um, it began with the volunteerism, but then moved into our being able to support Breaking Barriers First Steps program, which is a program to support people from refugee background with little or no UK work experience. We also helped them to pivot into a hybrid model during the pandemic. But I think most importantly, our employees were able to continue volunteering and supporting Breaking Barriers' amazing clients like Yusuf. And so our employees continue to support employability workshops for us focused on soft skills and company values because we know that an interview process in a multinational company can be a bit different for people coming from, for example, Syria, Morocco, Afghanistan, where the interview process may look really different. And so we've been trying to support their clients in navigating that process successfully. And then, of course, really working to become an employer of choice for people from refugee background, which I'm sure we'll get into is not easy, but is something we're really committed to and um, fortunately have found a great partner in Breaking Barriers to help us get there. Thank you very much, Emily. And Yusuf, I wanted to bring you back in at this point, because what Emily's just shared in terms of why an organisation company might get involved with trying to help refugees. How does that resonate with you in terms of your experience of arriving here in the UK, having to completely start again in a completely different country, totally different environment? I mean, what were the sort of barriers that you faced as you were trying to sort of enter employment in the UK? Actually, I I have a lot of barriers to, to, to come over uh, once I arrived to the UK. And this is a reflection of I would say 95% of the um, refugees' um, stories when they 
moved from environment to almost entirely different environment, different atmosphere, different languages, you know, all these kind of uh, layers of, of, of things where it's hold you off. But one of the uh, barriers I have faced as first is the, the right to work. I didn't have the right to work straight away when I came to, to the UK. That was one of the, the main big massive out of control barriers. I, I couldn't do anything. Neither anybody actually was able to, to help with this because you don't have access to the system. You don't have access to, uh, to the information that when and how um, you, would, you would have the right to work, meaning that you have the right to live as well. So almost in every European country, the right to work is associated with the right to live in this country. So, so kind of like in a multi-dimension barriers have no right to work, neither to live in the UK, kind of like being on hold for really uncertain duration of time. That was something like drilling my brain daily. Being the fact that I'm kind of, I consider myself a proactive person, but your, your hands tight without being able to do anything, out, like entirely out of control, without having, I would say, um, a ceiling on, on top of you because Again, one of the things I faced that the Home Office they didn't provide the, the right accommodation to myself, so I almost end up in, in the street for for some uh, certain um, of time. That's that's one. The another thing is the lack of qualification recognitions. Being an, a refugee or asylum seeker as first, and being from a different background, different ethnicity, different color uh, or uh, skin color, you always associate it with. Oh yeah, this is stupid overseas person who came to the new land, doesn't know how to speak English, doesn't know how the system works. So that's kind of like, you know, the qualification as well as the experience recognition. That was another like really massive layer of, of barrier, I would say, throughout breaking into the workforce here in, in the UK. The lack of the personal connection, we all know that was it's it's very important to have this kind of like, you know, references or friend recommendation to work at, you know, organization or somebody's friend or something. So again, this is another thing that was really very in lack or in short of the personal connection. And you don't have that references, I would say. I can't, I literally can't even imagine it, Yusuf. And to battle through all of that when you literally left everything behind and feeling pretty fragile as well. It just doesn't bear thinking about. Emily, I wanted to bring you in at this point and talk about the challenges that you faced as an organisation. And clearly there's a sort of emotional element, but I can't imagine that as an organisation trying to tackle that piece where, you know, the people that you're literally trying to help are being told by the sort of official ardos that they're not allowed to work, that they don't exist. How do you sort of face those sorts of challenges, Emily? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you you hear the experience of Yusuf and it makes me think of so many things. It makes me think what an incredible resilience for someone to have gone through that. And then also what role do we need to play as the business community to change that? And this is something, you know, I think when we engage with breaking barriers, we engage at the level of someone who does have right to work. And now we're working on how to help become an employer of choice for them to enter the workforce. But 
even before um, that, we've been intervening at refugee reception centers and places all across Europe where we do business to try and support people in that phase of the journey where they may lack housing, they may lack guidance on how to navigate the government structures. And partners like Breaking Barriers, who exist across Europe, can really help partner with companies to figure out how we can support at all phases of that experience when someone arrives in country. Um, I think specific to employment, one of the things we know as an employer is that the diversity, the resilience, the incredible skill set that people like Yusuf bring is something that could only make our business stronger. And so our challenge is how do we find a way to attract talent like Yusuf and how do we partner with organizations who can help us navigate that? So as we tried to begin this journey, we started with finding the right partner and, um, and that, that we found in Breaking Barriers in the UK. And then we also really looked for, we know we can't do this alone. We only have so many roles and um, we only have so many locations. And so one of the things I'm really grateful for with Breaking Barriers is that they have this Fuse network, which is a business network that they initiated, which helps bring together like-minded businesses who are committed to supporting refugee employability in the UK. And so that's been a real gift for us to also be able to network with other businesses and learn from their experiences and their journey and hopefully share what we're learning. It's a challenge and it's a challenge in so many ways that have been surprising and enlightening to us. We started with thinking that an apprenticeship could be a really great way to bring in someone who may not have had a lot of experience in the UK workforce. The challenge for us is that most of our apprenticeships required a high level of English. And a lot of Breaking Barriers clients who have a high level of English also have a high level of office experience. And so a starting level salary apprenticeship is not necessarily attractive for those candidates. And so one of the humbling things for us was to make job offers to candidates and find that we weren't the right fit for them, which I really was a great lesson for us. I think there may be this perception that any job is a good job, but we needed to find the right job, which Breaking Barriers really helped us navigate. So we then moved on to other roles that were higher skilled roles. And in the end, we found that we really needed to partner with our HR colleagues and Breaking Barriers side by side. And so as roles came up, we would work with Breaking Barriers to say, here's what we'd be looking for. What kind of clients do you have? We also coached our hiring managers to say, Here's what you might find commonly in a Breaking Barriers client. They will likely have a gap in their CV because they have been through something unimaginable and, and that's okay. Um, that gap is actually a period of time when they've probably been building a ton of skills outside of the workplace. Also, Breaking Barriers clients may need language support. We have the ability to provide that. And so how do we think about roles that have the ability to support language at the outset? And so... We've been fortunate to find that one of our programs, which is a repower engineering program, which is it's essentially a paid returnship for people who've been out of the workforce for at least two years. And it brings people in for a six month paid program that has training and coaching and networking. And that actually has been a really great fit for some Breaking Barriers clients who have been out of work for a long time and really need um, and could benefit from that kind of mentorship and coaching. And similarly, we get the benefit of these amazing clients coming in, hopefully as future employees and getting a chance for them to learn about us and hopefully fall in love with us. So it, we've been iterating and learning along the way, and we've been really fortunate to have Breaking Barriers side by side with us as we figure this out. But as you say, to figure it out and therefore to 
you know, be so determined to solve the problem as to not be worried about, you know, this, as you said, the apprenticeship wasn't the right thing and you need to reiterate and change it and move it around. Yusuf, I was wondering from your perspective, listening to that and thinking about your own experience, what's helped you along the way? Perhaps you could share with everybody where you're up to now as well, but what's helped you along the way? And perhaps what would you recommend others to sort of help you further or help others like you? Yeah, this is a great, uh, great question. One of the things helped me throughout the way is reaching out and being proactive. And this is kind of like an internal um, element of myself. However, you, you always you need to, to, to break that shell. You, you need perhaps some external elements to help you, you know, to break that out. Whereas uh, like literally individuals, kind of like you know, individual people, they have helped me to uh, pick up uh, my confidence again. I think you mentioned being a refugee or asylum seeker, vulnerables, being kicked out from really very minimal um, accommodation provided by, by the Home Office. The lack of uh, identity, having that stigma of um, Syria was always on the news by having really trouble in there, trying to, to, to cope with all these things. On internal reasons, sometimes it will not, not be enough. So you need to have that, that external help. Uh, and I would say by literally individuals, as, as, as an individual people, I could just count them. They have helped me this. But at the same time, I was proactive, kind of like, you know, have that interpersonal communication skills, so to speak, just to build that, that element, that new uh, dimension. At the same time, the um, NGOs, such as uh, Breaking Barriers, um, Refugee at Home, and, and many other organizations who helped me throughout the way by offering um, mentorship, um, offering um, sessions, offering re-evaluating your skills, making sure that you're, you have sort of the right uh, way to fit the frame in the capitalism, uh, sadly, I would say, by you know, creating that shiny CV, for example, or trying to, to, to work on some gaps. Yes, it's good in a way, and it's not good in another way, that you have to fit that frame to, to be able to, to look at by recruiters or, or employers. But over, overall, as I mentioned, um, individuals uh, as well as um, charities such as Breaking Barriers by offering uh, this help. But what advice I would, I would say, I think part of your question is um, what you could recommend or what you could tell or what you would do advice. I think the being proactive and, and breaking your own shell as an asylum seeker or as a, as a refugee is really important. Go out and ask for help. This is no really harm of, of doing so. Yeah, probably some people would, would look at this as a, as, a, as a vulnerability and they would help you. And some people, they would look at this as a, as a mean way to do so. But pumping to the right people, it's a, it's a luck, yeah, for sure. And I think I'm, I'm being lucky enough to, to come across really very friendly, kind, generous people. And sadly, this is sometimes not the case for most of the refugees. Um, so you cannot really do much in here, but being that proactive and, and trying to come up your challenges. I'm kind of person who, who likes challenges in a way that I try to break them into small chunks and trying to solve them like in, in a small component. But ha- having that appetite to being positive always and uh, yes, yeah, there is, a, there is a calamity, yeah, for sure, but there's a silver lining out of this. 
yeah, let me let me do more. I, I need to go the extra mile to make sure that I evaluate myself here. Giving yourself that push always that's that's really help. Plus the externals by you know just googling things online and trying to to reach out some some communities who you end up with trying to give that interaction or take that interaction to a newer level. This is something really really important. Some great advice there, Yusuf. Thank you. Though it makes me sad too about the fact that it comes down to luck, which is what you mentioned. Emily, as you listen to that, what would be your advice perhaps to people like yourselves and other businesses who hadn't necessarily taken the steps that you guys had? How could they engage better? What would be your advice to them? My advice would be look for a great partner out there who understands the space and understands the plight of people from refugee backgrounds. We knew from the outset that this was not something we could navigate alone. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the experience. And I think to Yusuf's point, we didn't want it to be about luck. We have, you know, we have 8,000 employees, all of whom would be passionate about the opportunity to mentor or support someone who's going through the employment journey from this background. And so we needed to figure out how to get connected in a way and also how to educate ourselves so that when we go into help, we're not we're not useless in our approach, that we're providing value. And so I would say, look for a great partner. Um, I think Breaking Barriers is one of the great partners. I think there's a variety of outstanding organizations working in this space. If within the UK, we found Breaking Barriers to really provide both expertise and a real sort of side-by-side partnership that helped our HR organization really navigate. But we also found volunteer opportunities, which you know, selfishly are tremendously valuable for our employees. The things our employees have learned from the opportunity to meet people like Yusuf and understand their journey helps us be better citizens. It helps us be better to our communities. And it increases the skill and talent of our own workforce while we're trying to attract people from refugee background. I'd also say if you have the opportunity to join the FUSE network or something similar, I think the business community needs to come together around these issues. No single business can do this alone and breaking barriers certainly can't do it by themselves. And I think we're a powerful community when we come together and help each other. And the beauty of being in a space like this is none of us are competitors. We're all collaborators. And so if you know our partner law firm is teaching us what's working for them, we're trying to teach other companies what works for us. I think we're one of the partners that are in the industrial space. And so one of the things we're looking at is how do we bring other people in this space into this area where they can also become employers of choice for people from refugee backgrounds. So, you know, I think find a great partner, build a network and breaking barriers and partners can help you do that. And then I think approach it with a really, really big dose of humility and openness to learning. I think to Yusuf's point, One of the things we realized when we first started interviewing Breaking Barriers candidates was that our interview process felt very different from what a lot of people from different backgrounds might have experienced. We have a values-based interview process that asks a lot of soft skills questions, very open-ended questions, and it can be really uncomfortable for someone who's coming from a background where it's very analytical and precise in answering. And so we had to coach our hiring managers, but we also have this opportunity to mentor clients and um, candidates from from breaking barriers and to help them navigate our process. And so it works both ways. There's a lot of mutual learning in this process. Amazing advice though there. Thank you very much, Emily. And and Yusuf, I wanted to close out our conversation today to find out where you're at now. 
how are things for you? Have you managed to find a job? And, and what's next? Where, where are your ambitions leading you? I'm, I'm currently uh, working. And, and by the way, it sounds probably like a cliche, but I, I really love my job. And I think it's aligned with my hobby, which is um, writing code and interacting with computer and software as I do this daily as, as a professional uh, now here in London. I think this is a given. Uh, which is which is really great. Um, so I I work as a, as a software developer here um, in in London, and actually currently I am in transition between two jobs, and I'm kind of like you know just signing a new contract with um, um, another organisation, big really organisation here in in London, which is um, yeah just just hopefully that would fulfil my potentials and and I like the problem solving and, and upskilling always into new technologies and, and new things and this is kind of like you know things aligning of what i or uh, software development in general working in something you really like that's open really massive potentials and i'm really keen to help businesses and uh, drive businesses to success throughout my my problem solving skills or throughout my code so yeah this is something i, I really thrive to do and, and i'm always looking forward how i could contribute massively into the work or into the environment I am um, I am at having um, a friendly approach and an easy going personality this is something helped me throughout um, the way um, as well and um, keen to to learn and, and upskill this is another massive things like refugees they they have to 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 keep in mind that um, there is there is a there is a massive opportunity and you, you just need to you know, have that tenacity. And this is what Emily actually uh, mentioned about um, having that um, handling uh, uh, pressure and bouncing back from having all this trouble into uh, creating a new life. That's sometimes really helping the businesses. Having being the fact that you're from a different background or uh, you have a different uprising doesn't mean that you're not welcome to the the workforce in, in European country. Maybe this is another way of looking at the problem from a different way, and, and probably you can uh, come up with a with a novel uh, solution. Like p- because because you have a different um, education, different up- upcoming or different upraising, that's give you that framework. Of, oh, uh, I might think differently um, about this problem, so I might pr- bring a, a new solution into it, and that's of course that would drive the businesses. That would add to to the business overall. Yeah, probably this is kind of like you know what I am at currently, and a little bit of advice to the to the uh, refugees, similar like myself, as well as to the employer and the other side. Uh, because um, as I mentioned earlier, when I start growing up, I, I was working with my father' business and a family business, meaning that there is no really log, there is no reporting, there is no things. And this is what Emily mentioned that the interview process is is a bit different because. Yeah, I I don't have these uh, skills, but when it comes into the problem solving and and, and writing code and being technical, yeah, I'm, I I I really do really good jobs, so so to speak. So having this in mind in the in the uh, recruitment perspective or an employer perspective as well, this is uh, make it really um, easy for to hire refugees um, as well. So yeah, this is what I wanted uh, to mention actually. And such important points, Yusuf. Thank you very much. And you inspire me and you've made me smile and that kind of warm feeling of hope that's on the inside. So at that point, I'm going to 
close our conversation, though, I feel that we could go on for some time. Emily, Yusuf, thank you very much for sharing your time and your insights with us today. And for anybody listening, I will put the links to all of those pieces that Emily in particular referenced as we were going along so that you too can get out there and and get active from whatever background you come from. Emily, Yusuf, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.